Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Max and your host here with you, and I am joined by my co-host, of course, my brother Aaron is here. Hello. And the one and only Archie Mitchell is here as well. Hello, sir. Woo! Thank you for having me again, guys. It's good to be Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Absolutely. This week's show, we are going to do a couple of things here. We have all sat through and watched the UWF Beach Brawl 1991 pay-per-view. For those of you that are not familiar with the UWF, it was a promotion run by a crazy man named Herb Abrams in the early 1990s um it was on sports channel america for a while they did some pay-per-views when aaron first suggested we do the uwf pay-per-view i was actually thinking he was going to say the blackjack brawl which is uh, like an acid trip for professional wrestling yeah (laughs) this pay-per-view this pay-per-view the blackjack brawl i think was in 93 this pay-per-view is in 91 and I didn't think it. We'll get. We'll get to the gist of the thing. I didn't find it to be terrible. I know no, it, it sounded was not terrible, Nate. It was. It was. It was. The matches were well booked. Mm-hmm. It was everything going on before, after, and around the matches that was bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Herb <laughs> wanting to be front and center at all times. For those of you that don't know Abram's story, crazy wrestling promoter, and let me just describe for you the Wikipedia. Um, account of his death. This is for our younger fans who may not know this. Abrams died on July 23rd, 1996 of a heart attack while in police custody. Before his death, police had found Abrams in his Manhattan office naked and covered in baby oil, destroying furniture with a baseball bat. We've all been there. Abrams' autopsy showed he had cocaine and Valium in his system when he died. So... Abrams had a wacky last night in his life. If I'm and, not uh, mistaken, his face was also covered in cocaine, almost looking like he had makeup on. That's how much <laughs> cocaine he had done up until the police got there. Well, if you read the the the, the you know the summary of UWF, the reason that they that they actually went out of business wasn't necessarily that business was terrible. They didn't no. do great business. They went out of business literally because. 
of his cocaine habit. Like, he spent too his much cocaine money. habit yeah. broke his company. Well, he, he, I hope my kids ain't an earshot, but he spent all his money on cocaine and strippers. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the bad kind of strippers, the ones that would go with you to your bedroom afterwards, you know. <laughs> and do the cocaine with yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Right. We've all been there. You know. I watch, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Wrestling with Regret with Brian Zane on, on YouTube. A couple of times, yeah. And he does a UWF special where he talks about Herb Abrams and everything. And, like, this guy literally got coked up and walked up to um, Stephen Dunn from Well Done. Because mm-hmm. that was one of their big stars. And he's like, Stephen, we're going to do a, a storyline where you're going to be sleeping with my wife and I caught you. And I'm going to be trying to get revenge on you. And Stephen Dunn's like, are you sure you want to do this, Herb? I mean, your wife's a nice woman. She, you know, brings catering and everything like that. I don't want to be smart her name or anything like that. And Herb's like, don't worry about it. So he's like, okay, no problem. So somewhere in between the taping, Herb goes out and does more cocaine, comes back completely pulling an ultimate warrior. He's freaking out. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the ring, instead of cutting a promo, he just falls off and punches Stephen Dunn in the face. <laughs> For real. And then when they get back, Dunn's like, why did you punch me? We were supposed to do the story. Mm-hmm. And Herb's like, for a split second, I actually believed you slept with my wife. So I just didn't know what to do. And Herb's so, lucky. Herb's lucky he didn't get screwed up. Because for those that don't, those that may just know Stephen Dunn from the WWF. As oh, he was a part fighter. Well done. He was, he was, a, he was Steve Dahl. He was a, he was a Southern professional wrestler. So. Right. He he would have uh, if he wanted to. He probably could have whooped Herb's ass oh, pretty what quickly. What about and him? yeah. So well, here we go. UWF yep. Beach Brawl, nineteen ninety one, June 9th, ninety one, Palmetto, Florida, at the Manatee Civic Center. What a name for an arena with a booming crowd of five hundred and fifty people. But they attendance. made it look like a ton of people in the audience. They did. I won't they lie. really the did. It, lo- it looked like you know? it looked like uh, one of those like early '80s starcades. Right. <laughs> the UWF <laughs> beach brawl from the from the Sea Cow Center. Yeah. The sea- <laughs> now, my first impression is the opening promo and beginning of uh, beginning of the show was way too long. It took ten minutes before we even knew what was going on. Oh yeah, the yeah the opening video. Yeah. yeah. It's like, bam, bam, Bigelow. He's from you know? Asbury Park, New Jersey. His parents grew up. <laughs> it was yeah. like, God damn, is this, is this entrance video ever going to end? Right. And then all of a sudden, they get onto the show, and they immediately kick it to a promo from Bam Bam and Steve, Dr. Ned Steve Williams. It's like, can we at least see the announcers for two minutes just to know who's <laughs> announcing the show? Just so you know, folks, the announcers of the show are Craig DeGeorge. Craig DeGeorge, of who WWF worked, yeah, worked in the WWF and late 87 through 1988 and was replaced by Sean Mooney pretty much. Yeah, he was he was pre Mooney. Yeah, pre Mooney. <laughs> and uh Bruno, I'll tell you, Sam Martino cuz how many times did Bruno say, "I'll tell you" during this pay-per-view. And 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 the the fucked up part about Bruno being involved in this, okay? And I don't want to disparage a, a, a legend. Oh no. And a guy that, you know, it's just I, I don't want to disparage his name or anything like that, but the show's kind of the hypocrisy of some people in the professional wrestling industry because he's like Vince McMahon and the WWF's just a circus, and it's just a drug fueled circus. Right. This guy is at the UWF. <laughs> the owner of the company but is a drug is a drug filled circus. circus. <laughs> like, you're literally getting paid with drug money. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> right. I'll if tell you. At all. <laughs> yeah. If he got paid at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... It, see, that Bruno had such those, a those seven, the, those, the, those Chris seven, like seven $100 bills he gave Bruno at the end of the yeah. night probably rolled up earlier and <laughs> used to snort cocaine through. Herb, what is, what is this white dust? What is, found, what is this exactly? I found sugar on my yeah. hundred. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what is um, this white dust on this money? Don't worry Bam, about it, Bruno. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow is going to be in the main event of this show against uh, Steve Dr. Death Williams for the UWF Sports Channel TV title. Yes. And Bam Bam cuts up. Do they ever, like, this guy's name is Frank. Do they ever say Frank's last name on this show? No. No. Because even time. when he's doing the ring announcing, the George is just like, let's go to Frank. So apparently Frank, maybe Frank owed the mob money or something. He didn't want maybe. his last name maybe. on the show. He owed her money. And they, yeah, he, he owed her money. Where he was. <laughs> <laughs> even though he's at his show in his ring. Bam Bam cuts a promo, and I have to say, this promo actually made me laugh because Bam Bam says something about winning a title will get him more money. And when you get more money, you get happy. <laughs> it was like, it's true. Like he didn't, well, he didn't even say more money, more happy. He just said, when you get more money, you get happy. <laughs> this, this is sad. Uh, this is my problem with. I guess he was a tweener in the UWF because Bam Bam really wasn't a face or a heel. Mm-hmm. And neither was Dr. Death, by the way. They were both playing, you know, faces for this match. But face Bam Bam doesn't come off that well. You know, like, think of the lead up to Bam Bam versus Lawrence Taylor for WrestleMania. Yeah. Bam Bam was a monster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and you were like, okay, believable. I think he can kick Lauren Taylor, Lawrence Taylor's ass. But Bam Bam here was like he was playing a cartoon character. The only place Bam Bam was ever decent as a face, I think, was ECW. And it and was because then, it was because in ECW as a face he didn't change himself at all. Right. He was just being himself. Yeah. There really weren't any heels or faces in ECW unless they came out and said, F Philadelphia, the fans here suck. You know yeah. you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. could have been a face in ECW. So but Aaron, Bam any, th- any thoughts on the Bam Bam promo here? Aaron? No, was just, the guy wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. When you get no money, money makes you happy. You get happy. <laughs> now, Nick, I have a, a quick question about Steve Williams and Barry and Terry Gordy. Barry mm-hmm. Gordy. Um, this was after they won the NWA and WCW Tag Team Titles, isn't it? No, no this is before. This is before. This is, they they okay. they had that 91. run in ninety two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, I. It would be cool to see Doctor Death and Barry Gordy together. Barry Gordy maybe doing some music for him. I don't know. Maybe, anyway, maybe you never know. <laughs> you never know. His promo is unintelligible as usual. Doctor Death, badass wrestler, terrible promo. Terrible promo. Never a good promo. He, he needed. He always needed someone next to him with like cue cards, just so the fans at home knew what he was saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he would get the first five words would be like, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, rah, 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 and you'd be like, okay, what? But it's Steve Williams. So you're like, okay, he's going to kick ass. All right, great. You should have been like, a, like Harvey Wimpleman next to him with like cue cards that Steve would like you all to know he's going to beat his opponent. And then the next one, Steve would like you all to know that he's going to go massive in the ring tonight. You know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Anything on the Dr. Death promo, Aaron? Well, my thing is, like you guys are saying, like Dr. Death, not much of a promo or anything like that, but then they got um they got a they got the captain. Right. Like why not let the captain be with Dr. Death? Right. Yeah. You got like one of the worst promo guys in the business, <laughs> but also one of the best promo guys in the business. Yeah. Put them together. I love Lou I, delivers a line in a little while that once we get to it, I, I absolutely loved it was the line of the night for me. Mm-hmm. My like, favorite, my favorite Captain Lou Albano is early eighties, him managing the Samoans. Mm-hmm. Oh man. He'd be like, and tonight the Samoans, like he wasn't speaking Samoan. He wasn't speaking any kind right. of, he was, it was just ridiculous. And he was so great. Like, I don't know. He was talking it, in tongues. The whole yeah. spirit got into <laughs> Albano, one of the guys that people always say in the locker room and stuff, was just so annoying, but so entertaining. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So our opening match is the Blackhearts. Yes. Against Firecat and Jim Cooper. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> that totally makes sense. <laughs> now, Firecat eventually becomes Battlecat. Yes. He was he was Battle Cat first. Okay, so this was after GWF and the WWF. WWF. Okay. Yeah, he could, he couldn't be bat, he couldn't be right. Battle Cat anymore, so he became mm-hmm. Fire Cat. And Brady Boone was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. He, that is Brady Boone. I thought I, I was going to say, like Brady Boone is fucking awesome. And just no company ever wanted Brady Boone to just be Brady Boone. I mean, I, he, he was just the guy came around like three or four. I shouldn't even say three or four, probably five, six years too early. And apparently we've found out now why he left the WWF because they would not hire his good friend, Jim Cooper. <laughs> you know, you guys, you guys are missing the boat on Jim Cooper here. Yeah. He's my boy. Like I've been hanging with Mr. Cooper for years over here. <laughs> <laughs> good early nineties reference there. Right. And then he leaves and he's like, screw you guys, we'll go to the UWF. That's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> then no wait, where did we go? <laughs> I'll tell you. <ya. laughs> um Bruno calls Luna Vash- Luna of course comes out here with uh mm-hmm. with um Black with the Black Hearts. Obviously her husband is one of them. Yes. Um which I was only three week was only three weeks ago that I found out from you guys that that was David Heath, aka mm-hmm. Grand Gangrel, aka the vampire warrior, under one of those masks. Yeah, and then they, they they come out and it takes forever, forever <laughs> for them to come out, and they finally get in the ring and they do go do their fire gimmick and they fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try to do it later too and fuck it up. Like they fuck it up twice in this pay per view. Um, Bruno's going on and on about how attractive Luna is. Well, he, like- for, at first he goes, "This Luna, she's a rough gal." Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you right about it later. <laughs> and, then, and then she's, and then he's just like, she's a very attractive woman, and I'm like, Bruno, you're like the fourth person in the world that thinks that she's an attractive woman. <laughs> that was, I always thought that was funny about Bobby. Bobby with Luna would always be like, look at her, she's a vision of beauty. Yep. Look at her, Monsoon. I don't know what you're looking at, Heenan. <laughs> she won Miss Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Nate. Um, go ahead. Believe it. Or, I did. I didn't realize till after they won. The Blackhearts came out 
to Deep Purple, Remember My Name, which is the same song that Shane Douglas uses in ECW. Yes. And I didn't mention at the beginning of the show. Sorry, folks. We are going to have a little, yes, top, a quick top five at the end of the show, too, about uh, our five, our personal five favorite non-wrestling company produced entrance themes. Definitely. You mentioned, you mentioned that. And, but anyway. Well, yeah, I was segueing. Yeah, they, I was trying to do your job. They, I was segueing. And, oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, came, they came out to Perfect Stranger from Deep That's Purple. what it's called, right. right. And. Yeah, and like Aaron said, their entrance, like I think they they came out, they ran the whole song for Christ's sake. It took them yep, forever right. to come out. And uh, who the fuck you think you are, Sandman? <laughs> 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 well, the Blackhearts go over on Firecat and Mister Cooper here, and it wasn't a terrible match, Nate. No, it, it wasn't was, bad. It was it was too long though. It was. But I mean, for, they actually both teams got an offense. Both teams got in where they cut the ring off. A couple times, you know, Cooper tried to make the save, which wasn't bad. It was a standard tag team matchup for an opening. It, w- it could have been worse. We could have gotten a twenty-minute speech from Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? <laughs> we might na- we might name this show "Tagging with Mister Cooper." <laughs> I like it. I like it. Or I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly. I know they fucked up their little fire thing and all that, but like they would have tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Blackhearts could have been a little, could have been a decent like opening mid card like WWF or WCW tag team. Oh yeah, just get get them kind of a. <clears throat> they would have to have a more, I guess, re- I guess I'd say marketable or recognizable masks. But well, other than be, that, yeah. yeah, you're right. They, they could have they... put white on the mask or something just to make it look like that. It wasn't a bad little gimmick. No. Except except after this match, they go to this out-of-nowhere promo with them, right? Like It's just all of a sudden, right. there they are, well, and Luna's well, screaming. And that guy, I don't know if it was Heath or uh, what's his name, but he's going, ah! Yeah, it's both <laughs> of them. They're both doing it. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, there's things, there's elements of the gimmick that are all right. But if they would have got to like the WWF, it would have been like, "Hey, you know that banshee thing that you do? <laughs> don't do that anymore. Don't do, do it during the match. Not in a no. Ball. Don't you're not a banshee. You're a black heart. And if you can't, if you can't, uh, if you can't manage your fireball, leave it at home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, told, you know how many times I've told that to my buddies around here. <laughs> if you can't manage the fireball. Leave it at home. Leave it at home. The uh, yeah, good, good, decent tag, decent opening tag match. Like Aaron yeah. said, it went a little too long, but there was nothing offensive. No, here, and they had to wait. If you notice, they had to waste a lot of time between the match and then the Banshee promo. Yeah, like yeah. like they were just on the ring for hours. So like there must have been some kind of technical shit because Crazy George is just killing time. That's why I said it, it reminded me. That's why I said it reminded me of those old W those old NWA Starcades because. Starcade would have those moments where it's just they're just pan the whole arena, the dark right. arena with and the lit up ring in the middle. Right. And I mean, that's the, when I think about the NWA, like a vision of the NWA. That's what I I think of is that dark arena but, with the. But for all we know, Nate and and Aaron, this might have been what Herb wanted. He might have wanted to give off that NWA feel. So there might mm-hmm. not have been no technical difficulties. It might have just been Herb going, hey, the NWA got away with this for years. Let's do it, too. You know? Because that's what he kept. He wanted, uh, 
this he, he always said it was a throwback to the better days of wrestling and, and restoring history as opposed to it being the WWF or WCW, which the Attitude Era was still a couple of years away, so it made no sense why he was trying to go back to the better days of wrestling. Well, he didn't. (laughs) But uh, the next match is a street fight. We got Terry Bam Bam Gordy against Johnny Ace, Mr. John Laurinaitis. This is what struck me odd. I've watched UWF before. I guess I missed this part. I didn't know that Johnny Ace was in the UWF. And if you want to know why this match is going on, figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they show us that they had a brawl somewhere else, and and, and then all of a sudden they just had a street fight. And and Johnny Ace is supposed to be, like, the face of this match, and one of, like, the big faces on the the show. And Craig DeGeorge is like, he's getting a so-so reaction as he comes out. Right. And but yet Terry gets this big pop. Yeah, he's just like Johnny Ace getting a so-so reaction. Like he's just <laughs> pointing out that nobody gives a shit about Johnny Ace. Right. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. And he also at one point during the match, Gordy gives gives uh, Johnny Ace gives Johnny Ace a nice haymaker. And Craig DeGeorge says he's on Queer Street. <laughs> yeah, he, the whole thing is he used to be from Bad Street. But now I think yep. he's moving to Queer Street. <laughs> <laughs> that basically um, means these guys had no script. They were just winging it. I mean, I, Bruno always winged it, but... I have tried. All right. I I always, I never liked the Dynamic Dudes tag team in WCW. Right. Um, Can I say I, this about the Dynamic Dudes? Sure. I think they would have been... Because Johnny Ace wasn't terrible. He really See, wasn't. Go ahead. Go and ahead Shane, and I'll go where Shane, I was going. Re- Shane was really good, especially mm-hmm. when he was younger. If they would have been something other than, like, something they weren't, like if they would have right. just been a tag team right. and not right. given, like, a skater gimmick, they, they, I think they would have been all right. Right. I, I have to agree with you because I watched a promo of theirs, and they did, like, their – they showed their vignette of them. And I'm like, okay, so Shane's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I think Johnny was from Atlanta, Georgia. Where did they get the surfer dudes gimmick from? <laughs> like, just because they had blonde hair, they're like, you guys are surfers, okay. And you're dynamic. And dudes. you're dynamic, right. You know what I mean? It's like... That was the Jim Hurd era. Um, but then they stuck him with Jim Cornette, which would have been great, except Cornette got back to Midnight Express, so it's like, now you got two tag teams... One of them wants to be a heel. One of them wants to be a face. Mm-hmm. And then the stupidity was they made the dynamic dudes the heel in the actuality of it all. Yeah, it was, so, it was dumb. What? But what I was going to say was I, I I have had people tell me in the past, go check out some of Johnny Ace's stuff from Japan. And I have, and I was not impressed. I have to say I am not a fan of Johnny Ace. And I was not a fan of this match. I like Terry Gordy, but... I was just not a fan of this match. Can I? I'm going to make a statement that might hurt a lot of people's feelings. I know we probably have a ton of listeners um, who love J- Japanese wrestling. I love Japanese wrestling. I'm not going to say I don't. But pretty much any United States wrestler who goes to Japan makes a big splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, Albert. He went there and actually became a like four-time tag team champion. Was on the verge of becoming a world champion had WWE not re-signed him. 
and but got was, over got over with the name Giant Bernard. Bernard, right. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams killed it in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't agree, but Omega killed it in Japan, too. Yes, there are certain people who have better careers in Japan than they do in the, in the United States. But saying Johnny Ace had great matches in Japan nah. is like saying the great Muda had great matches in the United States. Muda had great matches everywhere. And for Johnny our younger... Ace, not so much. Yes, and to to speak to Terry Gordy um, and Steve Williams, for our younger listeners that may not have seen, you need to watch Terry Gordy and Steve Williams wrestle the Steiner brothers. You need to watch those matches. Watch that those are, tournament. Yeah, those are some of the that. those those two teams, some of the best, most hard hitting, amazing tag All team right. matches ever. Nate, I know you you watch old stuff too. Same way I do, Aaron. I know you do too. The NWA World Tag Team Title Tournament that I was speaking about earlier, when Gordy and Williams walk into the scene as the announcers are saying that the tag team that the Steiners are supposed to face got beat up in the parking lot, and I think Gordy's got a tire iron and Dr. Death's got mud on his face, and they're Mm -hmm. laughing, and all they say is, I guess somebody else is going to have to face the Steiners in the finals, and then they just walk off. They said so little bit, but did so much in that made, one yeah, instance. Made so much happen, yes, absolutely. You know? And then they went like on a... and beat the signers for everything. They took the title, <clears throat> both tag titles from them and became instant success in WCW. Mm-hmm. You know? So this this match, I, I don't know. I again, it's kind of a fuck finish. They fight to the outside, even though it's a kind of even though it's built as a street fight. It still gets a double DQ or some right. kind of. Stuff. Yeah, I, it's, I it's, it's, a, it's a no. It's a no disqualification, no count out street fight that ends in a count out. <laughs> right. a disqualification. Right. Vince was booking this, and then Ru- they have Russo. Then they have they have the worst, the absolute worst outside of the ring brawl that has yeah. ever happened. Yeah, they were going. They're literally walking around just locked yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> And every now and then they split them like, apart, and then they get a hundred feet from each other, and then they stagger back to each and then other. They just lock like, up again. Yeah, I, yeah. I have, I have a feeling that the both of these guys were like, "Fuck it," like, <laughs> like they get to the building. It's like, "Hey, you guys, are gonna have a no disqualification, no kind of street fight." It's like, "Okay, well, what's the finish? You guys are gonna get counted out and disqualified." <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> We'll Let's just do it. it. Out. Let's just do it. We'll have the entire street fight in the ring, and then we'll just lock up for ten minutes outside. Yeah, we'll we'll, ha- we'll have a wrestling match on the outside of the ring. Right. That'll get us yeah. disqualified. Yeah. Hey Terry, what Johnny? Did Herb pay you? No. Fuck no. We're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> up next is a tag team match. The okay, Power wait. Twins. Nate. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. The Power Twins. Against uh, what is last? What is mass confusion? <laughs> it's not the killer bees. Yeah. What is, is mass confusion? Mass confusion. <laughs> which is what they called their mask, their their little trickery they did in the WWF. Right. Where they put on the mask. Now, their trickery is apparently the name of their tag team. Mask so They were confusion. not always the killer bees? <laughs> I understand they can't use the name because, you know, they're WWF and... But they could have just been known as the bees. Something. 
And they were still dressed in the black and yellow attire with the black and yellow mask. I mean, the other problem is too that the the mask thing didn't even work in the to, for me in the WWF because like right. B. Brian Blair was actually like, you know in shape, right? Mm-hmm. And and Jim Bronzel was, was like Bobby a Bobby Eaton. was like a Bobby Eaton or or whatever. Right. He's like he's like he's like a he's an athlete. But he's like he chubby. He's like chubby. He's like right. chubby in shape. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. even wearing the masks, it doesn't work because you can still <laughs> right. tell. And and they put the masks on during the match, and then Sam Martino, oh, you know, and George are still like, oh, say that again. I'm sorry. Like during the match, they they get into the mask spot, and they're still calling them by right. who they are. Right. And Bruno totally oversells the mass confusion, too. Right. He's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, mama mia. That's a spicy meatball, I tell you. He's just, he is totally overselling the mass confusion. Moro must have watched this show to get his uh, announcing ability. Now, now these power twins, okay. I like them. I didn't know a lot about the power twins till like, a couple years ago. Because, and now I'm not trying to put over another podcast, but there's a podcast called The Wrestling Spotlight with John Arezzi. Mm-hmm. And the Power Twins are on there. And these motherfuckers, especially David Power, they're fucking funny. Like, these guys, like, I don't know if you listen to that podcast, Arch, but you should give it a listen. Cause I will give it a listen. I have the no power, problem like, listening like, to it. Like, David Power, mm-hmm. he's, he's fucking funny. Like he just he busts people's balls left and right. If like a caller calls in, he'll just make fun of them right there on the. It, <laughs> make, it, it, like these guys should have, these guys should have got a chance somewhere else. I was I have that written down in my notes there, and I said I don't understand how they didn't we didn't see them in a WCW or a WWF, even as a job or tag team. It still would have been great to see these guys get a shot somewhere. Yeah, I don't you know, know they why they look. Yeah, I don't know why they have fly swatters though. I don't. I noticed I that they. I, yeah, they, I they, understand they came out with fly swatters. They explained. Uh, I know. I think I get it now. What? Swatting their opponents away. I I I get why they have fly swatters now. So why? <sighs> it's because they were fighting mass confusion, who used to be the killer bees. Ah. <laughs> why did it take me? I watched this like a week ago, and all week I've been thinking, like, why did the Power Twins have fly swatters? It took me seven days <laughs> and about eight and a half hours to figure out why those motherfuckers have fly swatters. So what now, we forgive is, you. You've been working a lot. So what you're saying is... I know, but I've been at work, like, putting shit out. Like, why did the Power Twins have fly swatters? <laughs> <laughs> that was Aaron's status starting Monday. <laughs> on Facebook. Why did the flies the power towards that fly water? <laughs> People are leaving them the comment, what? <laughs> then it's like, huh. Okay. It shouldn't have taken me that long. Now, I'd like you guys to know um, I called the 900 number in the commercial that happened after this match. <laughs> um, I didn't hear Beach Brawl, but I heard something that sounded like 90s porn. So... <laughs> It's still active if you want to give it a call. It, it's funny that you mentioned that, Archie. Not the 90s porn, but um, 
I actually, anybody that listens to this show knows because we talk about the asylum, we talk about world championship customs. We talk about our love of collecting a lot on this show. Yep. Um, and I'm also a collector of magazines and programs and stuff. And right. I actually, just because I wanted to have one, just because for the fun of it, I actually went on eBay while I was watching this show and looked up to see if I could get that program they were selling for five bucks for this thing. Right. Nobody has one on eBay. You know what that means? Nobody bought one. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. I they're in that. They're, I know where they're at. <laughs> in Herb Abrams' garage. No, they're in that. They're in that. Uh, that ET landfill. <laughs> no, it's funny you should say that. I mailed a five dollar money order and a nineteen ninety five money order to Herb Abrams for the Beach Brawl program and the video of this whole pay-per-view, I'll let you guys know if it comes in the mail. Nate, you could have the program. <laughs> that would be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Her is actually alive. Can you imagine I get something in the mail, though? I really did send it. And I get, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> It's marked from the estate of Herb Abrams. Yes, we're right. still selling these. With a note that says, please stop sending money. We're we don't want to Actually, the note would say, yes, we're finally selling these. <laughs> <laughs> the Thank next, you for buying one. <laughs> the next match on the show is for the UWF. Hey, women. hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh, hey, hey, hey. Go ahead. Mass confusion won. Yeah, yeah they they did. People know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did win. The next match is the UWF women's title match. It's Rockin' Robin, who literally comes out to the oldies. Rockin' Robin. Rockin' Robin song. You against... think Herb paid for it? <laughs> I doubt oh, he paid for doubtful, any of this right? music. Yeah. Right? No, he paid get... for Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the thing, it says catering. Domino's. Domino's. <laughs> Guaranteed he bought like eight pies and like three orders of breadsticks. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> we got eight pizzas. Two pans of bread, lots of cocaine. Lots of cocaine. That's fine. <laughs> you keep your hands off the cocaine. <laughs> Rock and Robin is facing off against Candy Divine here. This match He's stunk. like, hey, Candy Divine, the crust ain't the only thing getting stuffed around here. <laughs> Get over here. I will say this. See, I, Nate, you said that the match stunk. I thought yeah, it was a decent women's match. I didn't like it. But it both, of these, both of these girls were god ugly. <laughs> there was like no redeeming quality about this match at all. And Rock and Robin wins, and then grabs the belt and starts dancing. And it's like, stop, stop, just stop. Well, and Bruno San Martino goes, "Candy Divine." <laughs> this the this is the most heel thing Archie's ever said. On, well, these women are god ugly. <laughs> they were by ninety one standards, they were horrifying. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize to our female listeners. Bruno Sammartino says, Candy Divine, I'll tell you, she's been around. He actually <laughs> says it during the match. He actually says it during the match. She's he been around. I, I, think he's allu- I think he's alluding, he's trying to allude to her. Having, he's you been know, around in a lot of territories. And yeah, stuff. yeah, but the way he sa- he just says, Candy Divine, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, she's been around. <laughs> I was like, oh, Bruno, you dirty, no, dirty that- hot Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Had it been Jerry Lawler delivering that that statement, we all would have been like, "Oh God!" Lawler just went off. But Actually, with Lawler, if, with Lawler, we would have been like, eh, "Par for the course." Right. But for Bruno, it was like, "Why, why, Bruno?" I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> 
So uh, Rocket, like 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 Archie alluded to, Rock and Robin wins this match. Did anybody have any other thoughts on this thing? No. <laughs> uh, the right. only thing I'll say is that uh, every match is getting a decent amount of time. Uh, so UWF was kind of ahead of times on that. You know that Herb actually gave everybody at least ten minutes to make a story in the ring, and I it was bad or not. And it's it's a, it's it's one of those things, and I know I won't get off on a modern topic, a modern tangent. But you guys know how I feel, how I feel about modern wrestling. Every match yes. doesn't need to be twenty fucking no, minutes I agree. long. I agree. <laughs> Sometimes well, a three minute match is a good thing. Well, yeah, yeah. You have it to find a balance. You have to find a balance. You have you have you have now where every match is twenty minutes long, and everybody gets to do all their spots and everything. Right. Then you have the other extreme. 1999 WWF where every match was three minutes long and there were 20 right. matches in a two-hour show, you have to find a balance. You have to find a balance of, of having some three-minute matches, having some 15-minute matches, right. having a 30-minute main event. Right. And But anyway... Sort of, the, sort, oh, of WC, sort of WCW early Nitro. The way that they packed like five matches into that first hour mm-hmm. was what the way it should have been. You know? Yes. But... The next match, you. I'll tell you, the next match is a strap match. It's Colonel De Beers and Paul Orndorff. Now, one funny thing, I actually laughed, like literally laughed out loud mm-hmm. with my cat sitting next to me because I watched this. Nobody else was in the house when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Craig George goes, we have a strap match coming up here. Bruno, have you ever been in a strap match? Bruno doesn't say anything. I have doesn't answer the question, doesn't say no, doesn't say yes, and then I it's have... just and then it's just quiet, and then Craig DeGeorge goes, alright, let's take a look. But it's, it's quiet for like 60 seconds, so yeah, Bruno completely like... checked out. He's like, like I won't like, tell you. No, no, I think Bruno might have gotten like, like overly done involved somewhere else. Like, he was looking at the crowd. Either that, or he wanted to look at him and be like, why the fuck? <laughs> would you why want be to in a strap match? <laughs> why would I be in a strap match? I used to fight Antonio Rocco. <laughs> yeah, I just, they, I, they, they, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I sat there and looked at the cat and like was like, I'll tell you, that's funny. <laughs> I'm like, wow, he really isn't giving his his partner anything here. Like, and he didn't even go no, and then <laughs> then let you know the the other guy go. Okay, well, let's go to our you know promo or whatever. Right. You just let it be dead silent air for a minute. <laughs> they they sh- then show the recap for this, and nowhere in the so recap, bad. and nowhere in the recap is Paul Orndorff even involved in. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Was there anybody more racist than Colonel De Beers? I no, mean- and, 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 I, and I have this in my notes that, and I've always thought this. For one, okay. Colonel Colonel De Beers, the wrestler, sucked. Yeah. Okay. Right. He's no good. But his gimmick was the gimmick funny. I think I'm going to disagree. This gimmick to me is lazy, cheap garbage heat. No, 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 no. What I mean though is he's got an African American guy with him named Mister Black, but then he's on a tangent about his, the referee being black for his match. You know what There's, I mean? That's, that's it made me chuckle for a split second. I'm like, wow, how did they let this air on any channel ever? And the beers, but he took this gimmick everywhere, right. and I just always thought there's like four things 
that I don't think you need to have in wrestling, and just racism is one of them. And I just uh, it's cheap, gross, garbage heat. I agree. and the guy sucks too. So had he been a better wrestler, would it have been okay? No. Oh, okay. But it's like <laughs> you're already offensive to me, and the fact that you're lazy as a right. worker, and the only way you can get some heat is by going out there and making racist comments and shit. And I'm not saying the dude himself is the dude himself probably wasn't racist. I just thought the gimmick was lazy. It was. It here's was. where here's where I will say that cheap heat. Okay, I am not disagreeing with you at all. All right, I hate I hated his gimmick. He's a shitty wrestler. If I could go my whole life and never even see a Colonel De Beers match, that's fine. Right. But one thing I will say is there is there are two different. It's funny because Cheap Heat has two different... I have two different mindsets on Cheap Heat. And you guys tell me if I'm off base. And, and again, Aaron, I totally agree with you on on a national television show. But this kind of Cheap Heat, I think, works at an indie level. Like when you go to an indie... Well, it shouldn't indie, be on that. It shouldn't even be on that. But it, when you go to an indie show, and I'm talking about any kind of Cheap Heat. Like most Cheap Heat in any... It, to me, any yeah, Cheap Heat... if you were to like on, go out and talk about like the, the dirty people of That's, Lima, that's what I was talking about. That's, that's fine. About. Right. But don't go out there and just... Well, I mean, here's the difference. New Jack in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Paul Heyman... Uh, uh, Jim Cornette says it all the time. He would tell him, go out there and incite the fans. And mm-hmm. New Jack would walk out there and go, hey, OJ... Good job, one and, down. You know, and, and, and that got heat. You know, and I mean? although although it's funny, I, I'm a I'm a and Aaron Aaron will attest to this because I've I'm kind of a man of two fronts on New Jack. I think New Jack as a person is is probably not the greatest guy. The garbage human being. But but as a pro wrestler right. on television, he's one of my favorites ever. Not his matches, his personality. Right. And and and, and the OJ good job thing, it's different. Right, to me, it it it, you don't catch it the first time he says it, and then after a while you're like, wait a minute, is he talking about O.J. Simpson murdering? Man, there's really nothing. There's really nothing. There's really nothing better than watching a black guy get to rile up a bunch of fucking hillbillies anyway. (laughs) Like, like, and and I'll and I'll put it on a I'll put it on a flip side. Like, Colonel De Beers to me is and I'll put it as as a more even it's it's still not modern it's still old but this is like when the Dudleys were in ECW right and they were starting to not care have people give a shit about them anymore right so Bubba was just like oh I'll just go out there and be like your 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 mama likes to suck cock right or when he yeah. called guys in Miami Florida queer but in a more harsher tone and the entire audience almost rioted against him. Yeah, it's like that. I and I and I like the Dudley Boys, but that was lazy right, fucking right, cheap heat right. by Bubba. And it, mm-hmm. it's the same thing here. Now, but then, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna, unless anybody else had anything to say about the Bears. No. And this is literally, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault, but this is literally the worst Paul Orndorff match I've ever seen. Well, and Paul Orndorff. Why did the referee throw the strap up and allow them to just catch it? (laughs) It was like, it was like 
basketball. Okay, we're gonna do the jump ball. Okay, you know, like and then the bigger question is why did Paul Orndorff come out? You can't touch, you can't touch this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because you I, can't touch wonderful baby. <laughs> you know, and Orndorff was never a believable he, uh, face for me. He should have been a heel, but I guess they needed a big name. But they do the jump ball for the strap. And then, what did this match last? Seven minutes. Yeah, seven minutes too long. Too long. <laughs> the only time the only time Orndorff was ever good as a heel was in mid south, or as a face was in mid south. Right. Um, and then he turned heel, and that made for a great heel turn. Right. But, um. Yeah, you're right. I, I was never a big big fan of of Orndorf as as a baby face either. Right. But he, he he always he always wound up being a baby face because he's one of those guys like Tito. Like any right. startup, any startup promotion in the nineties, Orndorff, Orndorff right. was on that roster. <laughs> he a- was a- there. AWF, UW, anything yeah. that had a W and an F in it. Yeah, he was there. Orndorff and Tito were going to be and there. They, and right. they always wanted to make him a face, mm-hmm. right. except one guy, except one guy, and that's good old Jim Cornette, because yep. he knew yep. he was a, he was a professional wrestling person. Yeah. yeah, he knew you need Orndorff as a heel. And then Orndorff, Orndorff wins this thing with a pile driver. Right. And then as he celebrates America while listening to MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This, Colonel De Beers shoots him with a stun gun. (laughs) And Bruno acts like if he shot him with a 44 millimeter gun. Yeah, Bruno's totally overselling shit on the pay-per-view. He looks a little more than he's stunned. Like, Bruno, it's a stun gun. It's supposed to. And you hear his partner. Yeah, it's a stun gun. He's supposed to look like that. No, he, he looks like he's dying. And I'm like, wow. See, I wrote that <laughs> sentence. And when I wrote that sentence, I was like, I know this is going to make Nate laugh. Right. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful Celebrate America. Do you, do you can't touch this. And Colonel DeBeers shot it with a stun gun. <laughs> Only in pro wrestling, man. Fucking Only ridiculous. In pro wrestling. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. It's the greatest wow. show on earth. All right, so that's that's over with. I, my next note is Lou Albano is the worst interviewer ever. No, he doesn't but, even but, interview. But he yells at him and leaves. Hold on, <laughs> this is the line of the night because in walks Luna, in walks the Blackhearts, and he looks directly at them and says, "I don't like her, and I don't like her team." Throws down the mic and walks <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> he didn't even give a shit. He was like, "Nope, not gonna happen." This is that fucking was stupid. That was like, this is this is the stupidest thing ever. Like this is well, he wasn't the even feuding rails. with Luna in the black heart, so it made no sense for him to be that upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was it was so dumb. Like I, I, there's not a lot to say about this, folks, because nothing really happened. That's all that happened. Yeah, Luna and the Blackhearts came out. Albano yelled at him and left. So <laughs> there Luna, you go. I don't know who looked more shocked: the Blackhearts, whose faces we couldn't see, or Luna, because <laughs> oh. they just stand there and go, "Like what? What did we and, do?" And I do have to say, in this segment, one of the Blackhearts tries to do the fireball spot again. Doesn't yep. work again. <laughs> they got they got they got the worst flash paper provider ever. It's, it's the flash paper Hulk Hogan used when he fought. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Hogan borrowed it from Luna. He was like, "Hey, right. 
<laughs> Remember like, your flash favor? She's like, I still have some left over from the manatee center. <laughs> Hello, Luna, brother. Yeah, you got any more of that flash paper? As a matter of fact, I do. It's, Up it, next. it's the South Korean stuff, though. <laughs> it miss. It's all right, dude. I'm, it'll it'll burn you before it'll burn your opponent. Oh, even better. It's the warrior. He won't sell it anyway. Right. Um. So up next, we have another guy that always signed with any upstart promotion back in the yep. early nineties. Ivan Koloff. And if I'm if I'm reading the uh, what do they call that the Kylon right the thing yeah, the little Chiron. thing Chiron. Chiron. Mm-hmm. If I'm reading that right, it's our uh, Ivan Koloff versus. Bob Backland, yes, because it was spelled B A C K L A N D. Like this guy's been around wrestling for years and years and years. And you don't know how to spell, his and name. you can't get his fucking name right. right. Bob Backland, right? The undefeated <laughs> world champion. Yeah. On, on a Bob related Backland. note, I've been to Backland before, and it was not very fun. <laughs> so. Check the... out Front Town, man. <laughs> I tried. They were closed when I got there. And and Koloff's manager, Mister Red's a goofy looking bastard yeah. <laughs> with his big poofy hair and his stupid suit, his stupid that, that face. Was, that, that didn't look like a suit. It looked like a bunch of pieces of material that they just stuck on him. <laughs> he's trying to right. be Oliver Humperdinck, right? Mm-hmm. And Oliver Humperdinck, he's Oliver Humperdinck. Oliver Oliver Humperdinck wasn't even a good Oliver Humperdinck, <laughs> right? Right. He's like what would have happened if Percy Pringle and Oliver Humperdinck would have had a child. Pringledink. Pringledink, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you found our name. Uh, name. With his manager, Mr. Pringledink. You said Pringledink. <laughs> I sure did. That's when you're lonely and the only thing you've got in the house is a can of Pringles. <laughs> you don't get the Pringledink going. <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! All this right, this was a terrible match. Absolutely, <laughs> it was. Actually, actually, Bob Backlund hits a goddamn impressive bridge. In this well, match, no, Bob though. Backlund does a lot of impressive no, things. No, it just... wasn't Backlund's fault. It really wasn't. <laughs> and Ivan Koloff is awesome. All I keep thinking when I saw this match is, man, I want Bob to return and just go off on Red Hart. That's all I kept thinking while I watched this match. Like they should have gave. I just think this match is too quick. Like they didn't give him enough time, and I and I I hate to say that. That's like the only thing I'm going to say on this show is like these two probably could have had an awesome match. Oh, Ivan no Koloff, Ivan cool as fuck. Bob Backlund is a fucking genetic freak, and they gave him Never like ages. they gave him like eight minutes, if that. And like okay. I said, Bob hit Bob hits a badass. Bridge in this match. If Ace and Gordy wouldn't have brawled for 15 minutes in the crowd, maybe they could have gotten more than eight minutes. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> now I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. Up next, we have some wacky wackiness with Albano and Mister uh, Pringledink. But yes, hey, that happens. Yeah, that happens. That was bad. <laughs> Very bad. I literally just sat there going, "Wow, I didn't need to see this." Did I just see his Pringledink? <laughs> How have I watched an entire pay-per-view with a guy that I'm a mark for, i.e. Lou Albano, and nothing he's done on this show I've been happy with? <laughs> like, damn it. Right. 
Like he, he didn't do his interview right. He tried to rape Prinkledink. <laughs> terrible. Damn it, Captain Lou. Anybody before we get to the next tag match, anybody else think it's uh, highly ironic that the the uh, hotline for this thing is four twenty UWF? <laughs> I don't oh, know. No, I'm not just, at all. I'm just saying. Not at all. It worked perfectly. Up next, we have Rand- Randy Orton, Bob Orton Jr., and Cactus Jack yeah. against Wet and Wild, mm-hmm. who I wrote are Indylicious. <laughs> Sunny um, Beach, another John Arezzi. Yeah. Yep. Backpack guy. This um, this wasn't good. I <laughs> no. Like this. No, that was that was an app description, Mister Mitchell. This, yeah. wasn't this proves good. my WWF theory, though. This proves my WWF theory. On. On. People saying like when somebody goes to the WWF, the WWF ruins them. Mm-hmm. This proves this goes to prove my WWF theory. Of the fact that there's guys that might be towards the end of their career mm-hmm. who want to make that last, like, you know, big, big payday. Right. Before they either quit, before they go back to just doing, like, regional shit like this. Right. John Tolez, who everybody was like, oh, I can't believe the, the Vince finally got John Tolez and brought him in and made him the coach. But what gimmick is John Tolez doing on this show? Is he the Golden Greek John Tolez? No, he's the motherfucking coach, and he's yep. doing the coach gimmick. Mm-hmm. So suck it to any of them people. Like, like okay, the Bushwhackers. With the Bushwhackers, after they left the WWF, did they just go back to the Indies and start being the Sheepers? No, no they, they went back to the Indies and they went back as being the motherfucking the Bushwhackers. bushwhackers. Right. The Luke, Luke was recently at a virtual asylum event, and yep. guess who he was? He wasn't sheep herder Luke. Nope. He was bushwhacker Luke. So all them people that go, oh, the WWF, they just fuck everybody up when they used to say that. No. 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 <laughs> to this day, sorry, people are Sorry, still, I, I, that was my little rant. No. Sorry. To this day, there are people who go to indie events, and it still says, no matter how many years it's been since they got out of the WWF, formally known as and then their WWE or WWF gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, so they want to be known as that character. That's where they made their most money and their biggest impact, no matter how crap it was. Now I'm gonna be honest about this match, guys. This match lost me. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't write down the finish. I don't um, I, I don't, I don't know why. I just like, I, wet, wet and Wild won because they used um brass nuts. Okay and then I picked it up with Orton and Cactus having their brawl, which again went way too long and made mm-hmm. no sense. Except yeah, for the fact that they were trying to make Cactus Jack be crazy and fight with all his partners at this time. Yeah, like Orton got mad that Cactus lost or whatever, right. and then they just had a brawl, and it was bad. However, however, and I don't know. I mean, it's been a long time. There was a time, probably, I'd say, God damn, it was probably like five, six years ago. Um, somebody had the entire run of this company on YouTube, like mm-hmm. all their TV shows and everything. And I actually watched it. Like I, I and um, I, I, don't rem- I don't remember that Orton and Cactus ever had a match. Cause I think I would remember that. No. <laughs> and no. The, and the, the fucking like crazy part about UWF is they didn't have like a bad roster. No. no. And every show wasn't awful either. Like, 
this promotion got really bad. Okay. This pay-per-view, again, like I said, I didn't think this pay-per-view was terrible. Some of it's kind of goofy and shit, you know, but overall, it's not that bad. Like, the first couple of years of this promotion weren't terrible. It was when you get into, like, 93, it started going off the rails. Well, began trying to get bigger names that weren't in WWF and WCW, and he would Mm -hmm. offer them all this money. They'd want a money-up-front guarantee for their first appearance, and when he wouldn't give them their money... They'd not show up, and then he'd have to refund his fans their money. So it mm-hmm. just became a shitstorm, you know. Yes, absolutely. So, and not to mention, it wasn't like anybody saw the UWF as a threat, but WCW and WWF were hiring all these older guys back again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wonderful went to WCW. Uh, Backlund went back to the WWF. Uh, you know, so who were they going to get? At the at the Blackjack Brawl pay-per-view in 93, they have this guy that I don't know anything about him before it. I don't know anything about him after it. All right? Okay. It's the opening match of that show. And this guy, he's this wacky-looking old white guy. He looks like you'd find him hanging out at the end of the bar. Okay? And his name's Jack Armstrong. And he has a match with Mondo Guerrero. Okay. And he like he screws Mondo Guerrero out of this match and his promo at the end is one of my favorite promos ever, Archie. Aaron he is goes, busting right now. <laughs> he goes I know what he says. He goes they go, How did you outwit a Guerrero? Mondo Guerrero and he goes, Because I'm a thinker, not a stinker. A stinker. <laughs> and then he taps his head. <laughs> and I know nothing about this guy other than that so one he night. Never, he never but Jack Armstrong again? Thank you. Thank God. you for that. Because you are in my memories forever, Jack Armstrong. That needs to be <laughs> Even though you album. actually are both of those. <laughs> a thinker and a stinker. <laughs> so now before we go to our break here, we're going to talk about the main event of the show, which I really yes. liked. Yes. Oh, this is the only good thing on this entire show. But it saves it. It saves it. It's, it's, you got it's, it's, Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, I watched. I, no, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I watched this, and I was I'm watching it. And I'm like, these guys are gonna be mad that I made them watch this. You're happier about it than I am. I'm not, I'm not terribly <laughs> mad at you because it wasn't horrible. No, I didn't think this show was terrible. It but certainly match, wasn't New York Rules. You know this this match, Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and Bam Bam Bigelow. This is one of those matches that I would say sit down someone who's not a wrestling fan, right. And tell them to watch this, and because this these two guys are two guys that can make it look fucking real, man. Oh yeah, they, well, they beat the, the fuck out of each other. And the use of the blood is perfect. You know, blood off of a headbutt, and I mean, they just they make it. This match looks real. It looks like they are fighting each other mm-hmm. for a title with you a chance. Like they both brought it. You can I really tell that think the, both of them talked about this match beforehand. They weren't just thrown out into the ring against each other. They literally sat there and said, okay, what do you want to do? And this is what I want to do. I think I, and it paid I, off. When I watched it, part of me thought these guys were sitting in the back for two hours watching this and just looked at each other and were like, we better go out there and fucking do something. <laughs> right. <laughs> this fucking thing is trash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We got we we got a chance to to go up beyond the bar, and be good if we go out there and put up a stellar match, and they did. It is kind of funny that the herb comes out and he he's like, he shakes Doctor Death's hand, and then he goes to shake 
Bammer's hand and Bammer just punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's for Steve Dunn. Like he walks up and Bammer's just like, this guy full cocks him. No, that was check didn't clear, motherfucker. But yeah, this match, there's some brutal stiff shots. Um, and again, the realism of it. Both men blade in this match, but they do it in, in amazing, logical, right. if these two guys were having a fight. You know, like Dr. Death literally starts bleeding because Bam Bam is headbutting him. Right. You know, it's not some big outlandish spot with a turnbuckle pad right, or anything or like that. Or anything like that. It's this, right. this guy's head is so hard that he headbutted right. me until I started bleeding above my eye. And you correct only me if range. I'm wrong, Nate. Correct me if I'm wrong. Steve Williams didn't bleed that much in wrestling. So this was like, oh, well, this must be a tough match for him. Exactly. You know, he wasn't known for being... Well, Bammer, hard, but... Bammer didn't bleed a lot. Right. He bled in this match, too. Right. Um, and there wasn't blood all over the pay-per-view where we could say, oh, well, they just overly used... This was might be the only match there was blood, so mm-hmm. it was used properly. And even the build to the finish was logical. Right. Uh, Dr. Death trying to put the monster Bam Bam down with a few, you know, a suplex here. He he did an Oklahoma. He didn't even get him to get him with the Oklahoma Stampede. Right. Um, he wound up getting him with just like a, a, an out of nowhere suplex. Gets the pin. Although when he does do the pin, George, George, I was going to say George to Craig. Craig to George goes, oh, he's got him in the pin. He's got him in the pin. Two. Or he goes, he's got him in the pin. Three, two. He's the champion. It was like he was counting down to yeah, him being the champion. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and honestly, when I was talking about these guys going out there and being like, fuck it, we're just, this shit's been shit. We're going to go out there and have a good match. <clears throat> the other thing, and I thought about it even more as you guys were talking, and I think it's more logical, is that this is the only match that, ha- other than Backlund and... Uh, um, Koloff, mm-hmm. which would have just been two guys just like, let's fuck it, we're getting paid. You know? Right. Um, this is probably the only match that has two, like, seasoned guys that if the promoter came over and said, look, this is what we're going to do, would look at him and be like, just fuck off out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. We got this. You know, like we got this shit. Get the fuck out. You know, right. We don't need your stupid, you know, it's a street fight, but it's going to end in a disqualification. Get right. the fuck out. Right. You know? <laughs> well, overall, I gave this show two and a half out of five Jeff Farmer yeps. Yeah, I gave it a two and a half. I did not hate this show, Aaron. Uh, like, I hate that Blackjack Brawl pay-per-view. That's that's when they get... I mean, by then, they've gone off the fucking rails. But this was actually, like, for a... For a... For a, for a burgeoning... For a burgeoning promotion. Getting getting its getting its feet under it and everything. Establishing a champ at the end. Right. Um, yeah, there was some garbage. There was some goofy shit. And but yes, the, the, the finishes... Eh, they weren't all ideal, but... I did not. I did not. Okay, I didn't sit there for two hours and whatever fifteen minutes it was, right. and, and hate the show. I, I actually enjoyed watching it. No, I agree. I gave I gave it a three out of five, so I'm not far off. With <laughs> Aaron's very shocked about our ratings here. Um, because here's the thing: <laughs> if you didn't want to watch WWF or WCW, if you didn't have an indie promotion, you wanted to after this. <laughs> no, but it was a, it was a different alternative to what was going on in the big promotions. 
And with, I mean, this was 91, so you really didn't have any other options. So it was passable. One and a half. One and a half. (laughs) The only thing I enjoyed about this show was the main. But but it was New York rules, bro. 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 All right, that being said, we are going to take our break. And when we return, what we are going to do is we are each going to let you guys know what we think are our five favorite. Yep. What's that? Uh, I got that list ready, too. Sorry. Me, too. Our five favorite non-wrestling company produced entrance themes, i.e. Edge coming out to a Rob Zombie Never going to stop. Yes. Um So that's coming up. We'll be right back with our shameless plugs and that after this on episode 112 of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode 112, Rolls On. And before we get into these top fives here that we're going to do about our favorite non-wrestling produced wrestling entrance themes, we're going to talk about a little bit of shameless plugs here. First of all, I want to say, for those of you who have not checked out the 2300 pod, uh, a part of our po- our family of podcasts here, the you need to do that. It's it's fantastic. It's a fantastic show, and 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 we're we're chronicling week by week the history of ECW. We're watching the shows with ECW's Chad Austin, yes. um, who you all heard last week on the show, uh, make an appearance here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Um, and I mean, great insight from him as a worker. Um, great insight from him as as he has worked with a lot of the most of the guys that are on these shows we're watching. Right. Um, and we're just having a great time. the the early the, these early shows have been more comedic, more comedic for us than anything else. But as things start to evolve, it's going to be fun to watch ECW evolve. And we want to ask you all to join us. Check it out, the twenty three hundred pod, because of the uniqueness of the name, I guess. As a producer of podcasts of this of these podcasts. One of the little things that I do a lot of times is I'll go and I'll just search. I'll just search for our shows. Right. You know, when somebody goes and searches out a wrestling podcast or what have you, how how convenient is it for them to fall into finding my show? And the 2300 pod is easy to find, folks. If you go to Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, any of those apps, and you just put in 2300, it is literally the first podcast that comes up I can on your list. I can attest to that. So check it out. The 2300 pod, not hard to find, definitely not hard to listen to. And uh, it's a great show. And Aaron, thank you. Cause it's been, it's been great so far. Oh, no problem, man. And it's, um, it was something that and I, and I, I know it's like a lot of times like, Oh my, this is the best. You know, that's just joking around. Um, is my list always isn't the best, but this was something that, and Nate can attest to it. I was talking to him about it, like for a couple of years, as we were doing the as we were doing the Weekend Wrestle podcast. I was like, man, all of this EC there, there's like 
one promotion that has everything up there. And I know everything shouldn't be attached to the network or whatever, but I was like, man, this is that one company that all of it's on there and people can watch along with this entire thing. And if we just did this ECW pod, it would be awesome. And even Stark, when I was thinking about it, Chad, we hadn't talked to him yet or, or and had him on the, we can't wrestle podcast and, and Chad showing up and, and being kind enough to go on our show at the, at the start of it, it just kind of all fell together, fell together. And I think it's, it's a really good show. It's, it's, it's roughly usually about an hour. It mm-hmm. might get a little longer as the show, as ECW progresses. And, and we're even going to be talking about pay-per-views. So those will be a little longer obviously, but it, it, it's an hour, hour and a half. It's an easy listen and it's fun. And, and I, sh- I assure yeah. you from our, our conversations in the production conversations of the show, as the show goes on, we're going to have some special guests. Um, we you may even see Kyle or Archie dip in on a show here and there as time I, goes on. I'll be honest with you guys. I've been walking a lot lately because of uh, my diet and trying to do a couple miles a day. And I, when I first started doing it a couple of weeks ago, I was listening strictly to We Can't Wrestle because, you know, I want to hear mm-hmm. what it sounds, you know, the playback of what it sounds like. I usually used to do that at night before bed or whatever. But then I, I saw you put up the new episode of We Can't Wrestle, of uh, 2300 last week, and I put it on. And it's reliving, hearing you guys talk and then me having it in my head about what happened because I've seen it already makes me want to go back and watch it to get the picture right in my head. Mm-hmm. And Chad is perfect as a historian because Chad was not only wrestling these guys, but he was also in the back watching it as a fan, too. Right. So it's it's you guys all, all three, you give enough input that makes a casual fan want to become a hardcore fan instantly. Thank you. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. And of course, if you are not, oh, sorry, I was, I was going to say the other reason we try to keep it to that. And in my head, well, I was like, man, let's try to keep it. as like, you know, maybe an hour long or however is you could put it on, put the show on mute and just watch us talk about right. it. While you watch the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also we would be remiss if we did not mention world championship customs. Right now, we have got a killer custom contest that just started a couple days ago, uh, and it is paying homage to the Survivor Series in name. Uh, Five customizers on each team, and each guy will make a custom figure, uh, and then they will, you know, singles matches, basically, uh, one day of voting. Whoever wins for their team gets a point. Whichever team has the most points at the ending of all the voting is your winner. Uh, we're not playing for any prizes this time. Uh, we're we're doing it strictly for bragging rights. Myself and Daniel Ariola are captaining one team, uh, and Bobby Anders and Nick Laurel, who are also admin in World Championship Customs, are captaining captaining the other team. And I have to say, I've seen my team's customs so far. I'm loving what I'm seeing. The creativity, Nate. Mm-hmm. When I, I we we just did a Halloween custom contest for masked wrestlers and, and face-painted wrestlers. And I wasn't in it, neither was Daniel. And as we were seeing everybody's contributions, it was making us want to create more. It was bringing out the creative juices. And I yes. just kept saying, I wish we were in this. Why aren't we in this? <laughs> and Daniel's like, why can't we just make something and show it? We don't have to be in the contest. I'm like, yes, you're right. <laughs> and 
Daniel ended up making uh, a killer, amazing Kane as uh, his Jacob Goodnight uh, character in Sino Evil 2. Mm-hmm. And I ended up making a split figure, Brutus Beefcake, half Zodiac and half um, Mega Maniacs. Yes. And it was like the first time I'd ever done it. It was the first time Daniel ever did something of that nature. And I just went, wow, I want to make more of these. <laughs> and it's it's just fun. It's fun the creativity. Yep. Um to see to see what people come up with. And um you can always of course contact Archie himself um yes. if you need a, a custom figure made, if there's something you want. I mean, there are figures because of Archie Mitchell, there are figures of Aaron, me, and Kyle. Right. So I and mean Kindle, don't leave Kindle out. And and Kindle, yes. There are, there are figures of all four of us yes. because of Mr. Mitchell there. And Chris, so. I promise I will begin to work on a Chris custom very soon once I have yeah, he, had that match. He's just trying to find the hillbilly gym head. Uh, I was I was gonna say <laughs> he's trying Chris to find a, I was gonna say he's trying to find an Eric Rowan head. But <laughs> Rowan might work, but I'd have to color the beard a little differently and give it a little bit of hair, but <laughs> you know. Um the funny thing about making Aaron's custom, I asked him, you know, what head do you want me to use? He's like, well, what, did, what do you mean? I'm like, do you have anybody you think you look like? He's like, no. And I'm like, well, I use Randy Orton for Nate. Do you think that would be okay? You guys look similar. You think that would be okay? He's like, you're the creator. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just make <laughs> one that looks like me. <laughs> I think he liked it. He showed it today. Oh, I, I did. Think he liked it. Yeah, um, thanks, man. I appreciate um, it. But, it's just if I, I my tagline is AJM Customs. I could yes, I can make it, but if I can't make it, we have got at least thirty customizers in World Championship Customs that I know I can hook you up with, and you can get a figure made instantly. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. And one last thing, and then we will go into our lists really quick, yes. just to just to put it out there. If you're not a member of the Asylum. Obviously, you want to join World Championships Customs. You want to join the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook yes. group. If you're not a member of the Asylum and the Virtual Asylum, you're missing out if you're a collector. Also, Definitely. for the virtual meet and greets going on during during the age of the COVID, um, yes. to be able to get to, to meet your favorite wrestlers and we personalities, just, have a conversation with them. yesterday. I mean, yes. of course, this is going to be being dropped in a couple of days, a day or so. But Scott Hall was this past Saturday. And coming up on November 21st, we have got former women's champion Candace Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, still a gorgeous woman, uh, but talented, talented athlete as well. So, and for for those of you out there who are men, um, <laughs> she she will be actually so all signing. All of our listeners, except <laughs> she like will, one. Right. She, will, she will be signing Playboy magazines. Yes. For that, uh, you may want to hide the mail day though when it gets there, (laughs) yeah, because that could be a problem. Uh, (laughs) None of them got women. (laughs) (laughs) All right, if Aaron hasn't alienated you guys, your real mom ain't gonna be mad that that shit showed up. (laughs) Um, We're gonna start Aaron's list. No, no, I guess I'm gonna say. All right, I. Want to put a personal thank you out there because we haven't had a show since it ended to all the people that participated and voted and yes, and yes. had a good time in the um, dream tag team 
tournament on the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook page. Archie won it with the Brain Busters, and then yes, um, who won? Who won the raffle after you graciously gave uh, your shit away? I gave my shit away. It should be here tomorrow, according to tracking, and I'm going to add some more free shit into that box as well, and it will be shipped to Bobby Anders. Uh, Congratulations, and all of us. Uh, but then, because I was just feeling like you know, hey, the hell with it. Let's give some more free shit away. I did a second click, uh, and John Perry won that and is going to get a mini mystery prize from me as well. So oh, That's cool. And yeah. I also want to make a big announcement. I shouldn't say big announcement. An announcement that um, November's crazy for me because I'm a retailer, so I'm not going to do it during November. But in December, we're going to kick off another tournament, and it's going to be um, – United States champions. So Ooh. basically whoever any like whether it's it can be WCW United States champions, WWF w, or WWE United States champions, whoever held the United States championship, you get to I, pick that like person to, and go. Can I can I call dibs on who I'd like for that tournament? No. Right now? <laughs> I want to call dibs. Okay. Archie's calling dibs. It's like the I first person that enters the Royal Rumble every year. Right. I am calling dibs on Ravishing Rick Rude. All right. I'm going to. I'll write that down. <laughs> and guaranteed when Aaron announces this and somebody says, I want Rick Rude. But now Archie already claimed him back in November. Yeah, Aaron would be like, if you listen to the fucking show, you <laughs> right. would know. Right. <laughs> that just proves you don't listen to the show. So now you don't even get to be in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, those are the things. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, because we do have a lot of we have a lot of people that that are, and I say this a lot, but. There are a lot of you that listen to the show. We have a ton of people that like the Facebook page. Right. Um, but you're not a member of the group. Join it's, a pub- it. it's a public group. Join it. I mean, it costs you nothing, and we give away free shit. Look, you know, between Aaron, Aaron's tournaments and right. Archie's contests and We Can't Shuffle, and right. I mean, there's always something going on, conversations. Every Look, once in a while, I'll just randomly want to talk to you guys and right. be like, all right, it's discussion that's, time. That's what I was going to say. Even if there's not a contest for free shit going on, guys, there is enough content in what Aaron posts, what I post, what Nate posts, what Kyle posts, what the members post, that will keep you laughing for hours. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is all about in this community. We want to make friends and laugh. We don't, it's not, you know, the world outside is crazy right now. So if you could have an escape by coming onto a Facebook page and just reading for an hour and getting caught in that rabbit hole, you know, and getting, oh God, I got to see this post now. Oh, what did Nate say? Oh, that's funny. Right. Why not do it? Mm-hmm. You know, you're liking uh, the page anyway, so why not at least see what you're liking? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So this top five we're going to do right now is, again, like I said, top five pro wrestling entrance themes that weren't produced by a wrestling company, essentially. You're not going to hear us say Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme or, uh, you know, what have you. So Aaron gets to go first, but I want to mention one real quick, and it's not part of my top five, but I want to mention be on my list. I doubt it will be. Because this is one that isn't in my top five, but for some reason, for years, I have found to be completely hilarious. One of those early ECW shows, um, like we're talking about now, where they would have guys like Hanson or Kevin Sullivan or whoever just come in for, you know, two shows or whatever. 
I remember watching one on YouTube years ago that didn't have the WWE music. You know? Right. It actually had the original ECW stuff on it. I don't know if the guy had, had ripped a videotape or whatever, but anyway, guys, I cracked up. Okay. When Abdullah the Butcher came to the ring to hypnotize by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> it was so funny to me. That It's not in my top five, but I just, when we when Aaron brought up the topic, it made, mm-hmm. like, I was like, boom, remember when Abby came out to hypnotize? Oh, well, my God, it was so funny. There's, like, there's, a, <laughs> there's a fan video of the one time Scott Hall showed up at ECW, and he came out to Ready or Not by the Fugees. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? <laughs> of all songs? Somebody you know? just put a fucking tape in. Right. <laughs> hey, Scott's about to go out. Oh, I got the perfect song. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we got Abby coming up. Oh, he's got to have Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Start us off. All right. I'm starting off with... I'm, I'm going to pick my number one, but I'm pretty sure it's on everybody's list, so I'm sorry, guys. But I usually I try to, like, not pick something or some stuff that might be on everybody else's list. Okay. But I'm gonna, I want to be the one to say it because it was my idea for this list, and it's Hollywood Hogan Voodoo Child. Not on my list. Not on my list. What? Wow, How is that not on you guys' list? That is the best non-wrestling produced theme for anybody that ever came out. I agree. It's, but it's fucking not perfect. a song Let, I think about all the time. L- listen to this. Well, I stand up next to a mountain. I chop it down with down the edge with of my edge hand. Of my hand. Well, I stand up next to a mountain, I chop it down with the edge of my hand. Well, I pick up all the pieces and make an island, might even raise a little sand, because I'm a voodoo child, Lord knows I'm a voodoo child. I don't mean to take up a lot of your sweet time, I'll give it back to you one of these days. I don't mean to take up a lot of your sweet time, I'll give it back to you one of these days. I'll give it right back to you one of these days. And if I don't meet you no more in this world, then I'll meet you in the next one and don't be late. That's fucking Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry. It's fucking great. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm not denying it's great. And and watching Hogan like play that, play that fucking the belt like a guitar, and fucking Bischoff flying around on like a plane and all that shit. It's like this is gold. It's fucking gold. Hogan played a a sweet air guitar, but Laparka was the true (laughs) air guitar artist in WCW. (laughs) That's fine, but like, like I'll even say this. When I think of like, like Real American was great, but that, I mean that that was a WWF produced right. But when the song. guitar riff started, you automatically jumped up. I get what but, you're saying. But when I think of Hulk Hogan, I honestly think of Voodoo Child before I think of Real American. I really do, and it's because that changed everything. You're right. You're right. Everything. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about like. And I don't want to get off on like a big tangent or whatever. They're like, "Oh, Steve Austin brought in the Attitude Era, and and The Rock brought in Hulk Hogan turning fucking heel, brought in the goddamn what caused Attitude the era. Attitude Era, right? Hulk Hogan created the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. really did. Well, Paul Heyman did, but Hogan personified it. Hogan, Hogan, Hogan made the WWF go fuck. We need to do something, right? It- and Aaron's heard me say this before, and I'm not trying to get off a of voodoo child, but it made me think about it. And I don't know if Archie's ever heard me say this before. But Archie, as far as Hulk Hogan themes go, I have always said, I wish 
I wish that when he came back to WWE in 2002... They paid for a voodoo job? No. What? There's a different song I wish they would have paid for. Not American Made. No. Oh. Forgot about Trey. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> like, that's, when I hear that song, you know, I'm like, I mean, obviously, it's one of my favorite hip-hop songs, but I'm just like... Because Hogan came back and he was so over it. It's like these motherfuckers act like they forgot about Can you imagine if when he fought The Rock at WrestleMania 18, they would have gotten Dr. Dre to sing him to the ring? <laughs> With a boa on and the Hogan sunglasses. And Fuck wrestling, you can have it back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, sorry, Aaron. I didn't want to. It's just right, that's talking fine. about Hogan made me think about that. And I promise that's the only lyrics of any song I'm read. <laughs> you sang it well, though. I liked it. You sang it well. But, um, so anybody else got anything on that? Greatest no, goddamn no. non-wrestling produced theme ever. No, I, I, I like it. <laughs> I just, it was not something I thought of offhand when I was putting my list together. I just, I, it always eclipsed my mind until I hear it played and I go, fuck Hulk Hogan. You know <laughs> what I mean? And the next four are like super random, so you guys might not have a lot to say about them. But, uh, the next one on my list is, um... The Road Warriors coming out to Iron Man. Badass. Very mm-hmm. good. Like, that is, it is fucking perfect. And, and it, it it's like, the and then those yeah. guys standing up on the, standing at the entrance with their arms up. And I, I'm doing visual shit like people can see us. <laughs> but just them just standing there and it's like, burr, 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 burr. and like them just running into the fucking ring and like Hawk like flexing his neck and breaking the goddamn collar. It, it's it's like I know wrestling's I shouldn't say fake, but I know wrestling isn't real. But if I'm a goddamn jobber or anybody <laughs> and that fucking shit hits and those guys come out and then Hawk looks at me and goes, oh. And the fucking thing breaks up. I'm like, I'm about to get fucked up. Right. These, guys, these guys don't know like, how to take I, it easy. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap now. These, Mohawk, it, these, these Mohawks about to whoop my ass. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and, and and it just fucking worked. And I just, I and I watched a thing recently on YouTube from a WWF show they did in Japan and the natural disasters fight LOD on this WWF show. And it's fucking awesome. Was it one of those SWS? Yeah. Yeah. But it's fucking awesome because it's, it's in a WWF ring Mm -hmm. and all that, but it's in Japan. So like, like, and I don't want to get off on like a weird thing or whatever, but like they call they call earthquake earthquake John Tenta because mm-hmm. John Tenta was right. John Tenta in Japan, and then they're gonna fight the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, which is usually they usually call them the Road Warriors Legion of Doom, but they call them Road Warriors Legion of Doom, and it's like the only time that the in the WWF that you see the Legion of Doom come out, to, they actually come out to Iron Man, and it's mm-hmm. fucking great. It, it's a Perfect goddamn theme for a it perfect. Is. It is. It matched them perfectly. Absolutely. And it's lost in time. People aren't going to see it now unless they look up 
YouTube obscure, it, yeah, unless they look up obscure NWA shit on YouTube mm-hmm. instead of watching it on the network, they're never going to see it. But it adds to their fucking mystique, I think. Yes. Like, because the Road Warriors weren't the greatest in ring. Uh, they weren't the greatest in ring people. Animal was really good and Hawk was really good, but they weren't the greatest in ring tag team in the world. They but were it was like their, their mystique, you know, and that right. Iron Man theme added to it. I've always said they weren't. To me, they're not. They're not the greatest tag team of all time, but they're they're the greatest tag team attraction of all time. Yeah, you know, you'd never say you'd never say Ryan of tag team. Yeah, I I, I was about to say you'd never say Andre was a great wrestler, right? But he was a great attraction. So, anything else on that? Nope. Nope. We're good. Okay. Um. The next one on my list, I'll get the get the uh, really obscure one out of the way that you guys probably aren't going to have anything to say about. But you guys know the song, the song Frankenstein by Edgar White. Yes, or Edgar Winter. Sorry, I believe so. The fucking heavenly bodies in Smoky Mountain Wrestling come out to that. Yes, it's they Dr. do. You're Tom right. and Stan Lane. With Jim Cornette, and I fucking love it. <laughs> like, like yes. it's, it's an entire instrumental song, but those guys, those three guys coming out to that for some mm-hmm. reason. I have every time I, I hear, I'm yeah. like, Fuck I, it, I, I, this is great. I have a Smoky Mountain theme on mine too, so and, I've got a nice obscure was, one. There was like a, a a brief time too where, and it's funny I said brief time where they played time. By Pink Floyd when Cornette would come out. Mm-hmm. And I was like the ding, 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 like the tick, tick, ding, ding, ding. And Cornette would come out and that would go. And then he'd be like, Dr. Tom. Like, you know, and then he'd do his sweet stand, like, and, and then the heavenly bodies would come out. And it was just like, yeah, it's fucking badass, man. I'm glad you guys saw that. It's fucking great. You know what's another humorous one? It's not on my list. You you made me think. You jogged my mind. You know what's really funny? When Hollywood Bob Holly comes out to fame. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watching him with his mustache coming out to fame by David his, Bowie. And his big yeah. mullet. And there's one fucking promo where he's basically like, he just flat out, he doesn't say it this way, but basically says he fucked Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't getting out with Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> you even know a, name, a chick named Julie Roberts. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Aaron. All right. Um, the next one on my list, and it's funny because it got brought up at the beginning of the show, and the Blackhearts came out to it. Huh? No, <laughs> no the Blackhearts came out to it. It's Perfect Strangers, Shane Douglas, and ECW. That, that is on my list as well. It's also on my and list. Then also, and then it was also de facto the theme of the Triple Threat. Yeah, fucking perfect. Yep. Um, that song personifies Shane Douglas so much. That's why when I heard the Black Hearts coming out to it, I immediately went, "Wait, wait, what? Yeah. Didn't somebody else use this?" And, and well, and that's what I was going to say. It is the the way that you can tell that that song, and that's actually it's. It, it, I actually ranked mine five through one, and it was number one on my list. And the reason being because that is a song where if you're a wrestling fan. And you hear that song on the radio, you think you don't think it's it's 
Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple, right. you think, oh, that's Shane Douglas's Shane entrance Douglas. theme. That you that know? little guitar riff, that it's like you you imagine Shane getting on the second rope and holding up his arms or the belt, and it's like yeah. you picture him in all his glory. Mm-hmm. You don't think of Deep you know? Purple? You don't think right. of Balky? <laughs> I got news for you guys. For like the first four years... For the first four years of me being an ECW fan, I didn't know that the song was by Deep Purple. I just knew it as the Triple Threat song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it took me to like, I think I was like 14. My uncle came over and he heard me playing it in my room. He's like, what the fuck are you doing listening to Deep Purple? That's my music. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's the Triple Threat theme. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck's a Triple Threat? I'm like, yeah. okay. Well, what the mind. fuck's a Deep Purple? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> But yes, definitely. It's it, it's it's kind of like a Pringle Dingle. Since <laughs> <laughs> you guys right. said, "Oh, this isn't on my list. This is on my list." Can I say one that I that almost made my list but didn't right. put on my list? Mm-hmm. Um, it's another ECW theme. It's um, um, it's funny because it's like a wrestler. It's not one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. And I think he's kind of overrated. And then it's like my only song that I like from this band. Um, okay. And it's Taz in ECW and he came out to War Machine by Kiss. Yep. Mm-hmm. War Machine is the only song that Kiss has ever produced that I like. Okay. Everything else Kiss ever did sucks. It's terrible and nobody will ever tell me anything different. But the mm-hmm. and Taz coming out to that if I let you. Yeah, and 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 earlier, like he used it, and then like w, ECW took it and like made their own little version of it. Right. But Taz coming out the War Machine was awesome. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. I agree. Better than the and, WWE oh, theme. <laughs> oh yeah, and it, and it almost made my list. But the last one on my list is, um, and it's silly, but it it is it Rock and Robin. <laughs> no, it's not Rockin' Robin. But Rockin' is in the is in the title. Okay. It's Rock and Roll is King by ELO Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I can honestly say that I have no problem with that because I think we all like the Rock and Roll Express, so Well and that's another song that when I hear that song I don't think of what the song is, I think that's the Rock and Roll Express song. Yeah. And, so and, you know you right. And, and the and the reason I not even not only the only reason I put it on my list, but it's just it works perfect to me. Mm-hmm. All right, Archie, what is your? Let's get to let's get to Archie's list here. All right. Well, um, number five on my list is uh, Raven's theme song from ECW. Uh, Hey, keep, hey, them se- keep them separated. Keep them separated by the offspring. Yes. Go out and play. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Raven is, I, I wouldn't put him in my top five, but he's definitely in my top ten. Of mm-hmm. One of the best ring psychologists I've ever seen. And the song matched him perfectly. Oh, absolutely perfectly. And definitely, again, like you said, one of the great psychologists, one of the great promos. Yeah. And that... That gimmick, at its time, was it revolutionary, him. and it yeah. saved him. Yeah, it did. He, you know, from Johnny Polo to 
Raven. Mm-hmm. And then he got a little bit of respect in WWE, but not much by becoming hardcore champion a few times, but then went on to become an NWA champion too. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that song. And I think TNA and the NWA used that song for him in TNA too. So that's, that shows you how iconic it is that he mm-hmm. had to go back and get it for the later part of his career. Yeah. Well, and, and again, definitely it, it identifies it. You know, it's it's that that counterculture. You know, yep. at that time, Offspring was a counterculture band, right? And and it was a, a counterculture message. And yeah, I mean, an awesome theme. And, and it has a it has a um, and it's a, this is important in in themes of wrestling or whatever. And it might sound silly, but it has an identifiable right catchy press. Like in mm-hmm, an identifiable right. beginning, like okay, right. so like I said with like the Iron Man thing, like well, you know when you hear, it's like right, okay, right. I know what's happening now. Now when you hear, it's like oh, fucking Raven's coming out. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aaron took Shane Douglas's theme, "Perfect Strangers" by Deep Purple, but that was my number two on my list. My number mm-hmm. four is. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, theme made by the Disturbed, Glass Shatters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on one of the WWE music CDs. And uh, see, the, the way I went with my list was songs that I still listen to today and I have on my playlist. And this is a song that, yeah, it's the Disturbed, but when you hear the glass shatter and then hear the way the, the song plays, it's Austin through and through. And I don't yeah. know how he didn't use that for the remainder of his career after, you know, it debuted with it. I, I think, is that, I think one he, is that the, is that the one he started using during the invasion? Yes. All right. Yeah. Yes. That was, yeah. That was the heel, the heel Austin entrance. And I think Archie to, to answer what you said there, I think the reason he didn't keep it is because if you ever notice once a guy's done, right. Especially in WWE, once he's done wrestling, it's like they reset him back to whatever right. his most popular mm-hmm. entrance was, whatever his most popular gimmick was, like whatever you were most known for and whatever music you were, you know. Right. Scott Hall went into the Hall of Fame as Razor Ramon, Ramon right. not, not as not Scott, Scott Hall. Hall. So, uh, poor guy ahead. who's supposed to go in well, this year. I was, I was gonna, say, I was gonna say, I, I don't know if it's true, but but Scott wanted to go in as Razor. What I heard. Well, right, but he was supposed to go in this year as Razor Ramon with the end of, as Scott Hall with the NWO and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, but yes, definitely that Austin theme. I mean, you hear that song and it gets you Get hyped you up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number three on my list. Um, again, from the WWE Attitude Era and, you know, everything with Chris Jericho's King of My World by Saliva. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I, I I can I can identify with that. However, the reason that one wouldn't make my list is I don't like that song because I don't like saliva. Well, <laughs> I, under- <laughs> I get that. I understand. It's not a great band, but they have a couple of good songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batista's entrance again being another one. Walk walk uh, walk the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the greatest show on earth, which was a WrestleMania theme. Yeah. But the song personified Jericho again because it was about him. 
you know, I break yeah. down the walls. I, you know, and then they, would, they even said his name during the song too. Well, that and and Jericho, uh, the, and that's why I said I identify with why you'd say that because if you listen to the the main lyric of the song, it's not even it, it, it's it's the lyric is egocentric in and of itself. Right. It's not I'm the king of the world. I'm the king, king of, of my, my world. world. Yes. Right. So yeah, definitely. Um, and I struggled with a couple of songs making this list. Um, of course, New Jack Steen, California Love in ECW. Great song, mm-hmm. Tupac and uh, Dr. Dre. And Chris Jericho's Fozzie theme in AEW, Judas, which the whole world sings. Even if you don't like Chris Jericho, you're still singing Judas. <laughs> um, but my number one song is a song that I knew before he ever entered to it. Um, when he returned and this song started playing, I mm-hmm. popped because I went, oh, my God, I know this song. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's living color. It's it's cult of personality. Ah, yes. Out walks CM Punk. And I went, wait a minute. So one of my favorite songs is coming out to one of my favorite guys. <laughs> one of my favorite guys is coming out to one of my favorite. I'm like, yes. And it just he walked out with that shit eating grin. Mm-hmm. And the song played, and I went, I will forever remember this song as CM Punk. I, rem- I remember when he came out to that in WWE thinking, right. God damn, they must really be invested in this guy right. to pay for this song. Right. You know, to get this gimmick over or what have you. Like, I thought at that point, hey, Vince is bought into CM Punk, man. If he was willing to pay for the rights to some song he doesn't own. And here's the thing. The song was semi-decent when it came out, and it Mm -hmm. got nostalgia play because of Rock Band or Guitar Hero. You know what I mean? Right. So now here comes CM Punk, and this song gets rejuvenated and becomes the number one song in the world Mm -hmm. because it's CM Punk's theme now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even the the lead singer even said we didn't intend this song to be a top one hundred hit. We just we like making making music, but thanks for playing it because people love us now. <laughs> Thank you, CM Punk. <laughs> right. So, any comments on any of that, Aaron? Um, I thought the CM Punk song was really good. He's not my favorite guy in the world, but. Yeah, I mean, it works for his character. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Archie, I think you had a good list, buddy. Thank you. Aaron's was better, though, and I agree. I, I understand. Mine yeah. mine will probably be the least favorite of the listeners. Well, uh, of he- course, I said Perfect Strangers, even though a lot of the time I'm not a huge Shane Douglas fan. Again, that song to me epitomizes when I th- again when I hear that song, it's Shane Douglas's theme. It's not even yep. the Deep Purple song. It's number one on my list, so I'll start back at number five. And this is a Smoky Mountain deal. It is, and it's probably I'm probably partial to this because I really like the wrestler, but these guys are also one of my favorite bands. Okay. It is Chris Candido in Smoky Mountain coming out to NXS Suicide Blonde. Good good song. And one of my favorite wrestlers, Chris Candido. 
And that one just that one kind of I guess for me is is more of a nostalgia thing just because like I said I really love the wrestler and I really love the band. Oh yeah. And and it fits his gimmick perfectly, you know, like at that time. And um so well, I I agree with you that was definitely a great song for him and I know you sometimes detest the no gimmicks needed um gimmick gimmick. <laughs> uh, but when he came out to Back in Black in ECW mm-hmm. and used to do that little strut on the uh, oh, yeah. Print, oh yeah, it was like he was the best shit-eating shit heel he could have been at that moment, but yet he was getting over as a face, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love so, Candido, man. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I know, I crap on the no gimmicks needed gimmick, no, but, but that, that, that is, that's in no way a... a, a oh. Uh, an indictment of, of Candido at all. No, Candido at all. was great. Not at all. I love every think... minute of his career, though. I could even say I loved Skip of the Body Donnas mm-hmm. because Chris could have Chris pulled it off. Well, and Candido and and Doctor Tom were a fucking great tag team. Definitely, man. you know, Definitely. gimmick or not, they were a great tag team. They're they're the. You could also say what I just said about well, not just said about, but earlier said about um, Shane and Johnny Ace. Like right. if if they wouldn't have had that gimmick on it, mm-hmm. right, have more legs. Right. If they would have just let them come out as Chris Candido <laughs> and Tom Pritchard, they would have ripped shit up. Yeah. You know. Can I add something to the? Because I'm actually kind of happy that somebody else has brought up some Smoky Mountain shit. Mm-hmm. Add one more Smoky Mountain theme. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Um, it's uh, Ron Fuller. Or sorry, Rod Fuller and um, 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 Jimmy Golden come out to "Hard to Handle" by Black Black Crows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> good choice. They're an underrated tag team too. If I could have picked a team in the tournament, I would have picked them. My number four is we talked earlier about Aaron. You talked about thinking about Hulk Hogan when you think about Voodoo Child, or you think about LOD. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Road Warriors, and you think about Iron Man, or we think about uh, CM Punk, and we think about um, Cult of Personality. That's his song. Right. I mean, you got to do, if you're identifying somebody, how about Metalingus by Alter Bridge as the as the entrance theme for Edge? Yep. Um, that's one of my favorites, man. I, I love that song. And and Edge like Edge embraced that song as his entrance theme. Oh, too. the way like, that he ran out from the smoke and would j- pump up his knees so he could jump higher. And mm-hmm. but I mean, here's the thing: that song has made me pop twice for Edge. Once when he returned at the Royal Rumble a few years ago from injury when he surprised Chris Jericho mm-hmm. because it hit at number twenty nine. Was like, yes, he's back. But then just this past year at the Royal Rumble. Again, when I heard the You Think You Know Me and then the song started, that song is everything at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knew it was Edge, and nobody knew, is he back or is he about to come out with somebody else? Yeah, I didn't even know that was a non-WWF or WWE song. At first, I didn't yeah. know that either. No, it, yeah, it's, if, you listen to, if you listen to album rock stations, <laughs> they play that song on album rock stations. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an Alter Bridge single. I mean, they 
I don't know for sure. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, Oh, I thought it was a WWE produced song or whatever, but I didn't know it was like a song they put on an album. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I thought that was just something that WWE commissioned them to write this song for edge. And that was just the best part about certain music that wrestlers use. When you finally hear it on the radio for the first time and you go, wait, this is real. (laughs) This isn't just entrance music. I don't have to be Mm -hmm. embarrassed about listening to it. That makes it all the more better. Like, like one day I was just driving in the car. Okay. And the Miz's music came on the bear. Yeah. Those guys, those guys are from Fort Wayne. They're actually from Fort Wayne. The band that sings that tune. So next on my list and this honest to God, this would have been on my list regardless of what has happened the past couple of weeks or not. uh, Because I do love it. And it is, to me, uh, one of the most... This one, I say, is one of the most fun entrance themes in wrestling. And it is the Entrance remix of Stand Alive by the Bee Gees for the FBI. Oh, yeah. Oh. Man, when, when, you know, to see Tracy Smothers and J.T. Smith... And Tommy Rich come out and is like, everybody get busy on the dance floor. Bro. Little <laughs> Guido. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's great, man. It's fuck, it's fun. Tracy's mother's you know? in one quarter doing a little shuffle. Tommy yeah. Rich is doing the staying alive dance <laughs> in the other. And and th- again, this has nothing to do with God. God rest his soul. Rest in peace, Tracy Smothers. We talked about it in 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 detail on the on the twenty three hundred pod. And I even made that the uh, the intro. For that edition of the 2300 pod is that song. But yeah, whether Tracy passed last week or the week oh, before no, or was, not. It was this, a great and, song. And the, reason, and the reason you know it works is um, Nate and I, and I talked about meeting Tracy Smothers and an autograph signing and all that. Nate and I got the privilege of seeing Tracy Smothers perform live. Mm-hmm. He did like a, like the Smothers family gimmick, <laughs> but they still came out to that. Yes, <laughs> like, like Tracy knows this is the this is this is the jam. This, this is, is my jam, man. <laughs> but yeah, like that. That's one of those things, like Eddie Guerrero in wrestling. When I think of that act and I think of that song, it makes me smile. So that's why I put it on my list. I, I love that shit. So again, again, Perfect Strangers was number one, um, but my number two <coughs> is. The song Natural Born Killers by Dre and Cube for New Jack. See, now I had it as California Love. That was his later mm-hmm. theme. Yeah. yeah, he used I California Love. I forgot about Natural Born, Born Killers. Yeah, natural. you watch some of those ECW shows, man. That, oh. that song plays not only through the whole song, but maybe twice through the song as Jack is putting stapling dollar bills to some fat yep. guy's head or yep. whatever. But when you when you heard that song in ECW, you knew the shit was on. Oh yeah! Like there yeah. was going to be at least five to ten minutes of extreme shit going on. And the best thing about it was like, okay, you'd, you'd, it'd be Tommy Dreamer versus Raven, and in would pop in Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards. They'd be kicking mm-hmm. Dreamer's butt. Here comes Sandman. But now, oh wait, here comes the the Pitbulls or whoever. They're beating Sandman down, and then all of a sudden. Natural born killers would pop on, and here comes like, new, and yes. here comes 
And here's the thing, and, and I'm going to put this in a way, and I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. And, and those of you that, again, if you haven't watched ECW or you want to go back and watch ECW, you want to follow along with us on the 2300, I want to tell you that to me, this might be, it might come off comedic. I don't know if it will or not. I'm thinking of New Jack, all right? And I'm thinking of that entrance. I'm thinking of that song hitting. And I'm thinking yep. of a bunch of people in the ring, a bunch of feuds going on. If there's one thing you can say about Jack, it's that when he came to the ring, he's one of those guys. What he was doing felt real. Right. And here's why I'll say that. Because half the time when Jack came to the ring, guys, it was like he it was like he went outside and jacked a shopping cart from the Aldi across the street. Yep. And put a bunch of because Jack's just coming down the aisle with a fucking Aldi shopping cart right. with a bunch of shit in it. Or and he's gonna cause some fucking chaos whether he's involved or not. <laughs> this will be out of complete left field, but I think I've made this statement before. New Jack was um ECW Sting. Like, yeah. Like right. the heels are being complete assholes and they're just <laughs> like right. ganging Some up jack. on one guy and then all of a sudden like you know Sting would drop down. Right. And all the heels were like, Oh fuck, Sting's here. I'm about to get my ass beat. But <laughs> they'd be beating up Tommy Dreamer or Sandman or both of them, and then all of a right. sudden the fucking the missile would go off and the people were like, Yeah, like <laughs> Yep. Oh, the motherfucker's got a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to come out sometimes, Nate, with a big rubber trash can, mm-hmm. and he would just fling it into the ring with all the weapons, and it would always hit somebody. And well, yes, would, and that's that's what I'm saying. His gimmick. They would, they would try to no sell it, donate, but they couldn't because of the force he would throw it yeah, into the ring. Because he didn't give a fuck. And they would just be like, "Oh, that hurt." And his his shit felt real because it was half yep. real. It really did feel like New Jack. This dude had just been out back and thrown what? all this shit in a garbage can. Paulie, <laughs> what do we got in the garbage? There's an old Nintendo and a cheese grater. Give me that shit. Give me that um, shit. I'm yes. going to the ring. Give me that shit. You got I, did not, <laughs> I did I? not. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was to say, one of my favorite things that New Jack ever said, they were interviewing about the hardcore stuff, and, and he said that, like they were talking about, like the hardcore stuff. I mean, I, I, it might have been that Oliver guy interviewing him or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's a good, he's a good dude. Yeah. He interviews people really well. Um, was it Greg Oliver? Is that his name? Greg. Yeah, Greg Oliver. He was interviewing New Jack, and New Jack talking about the hardcore stuff, and said that he felt that it was okay for him to be that way. Because he had already learned all the drop down, mm-hmm. grab a head, flippy right. bullshit, and did it with the Rock and Roll Express. It's like, I right. know how to do wrestling. Right. So that gives me the right to be able to. Well, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if, you've like, ever, if you followed New Jack's career, or a guy like Bulls Mahoney or Sandman. Every now and then in a match, they'd pull off a drop toe hold or a snap mirror, and you'd be like, whoa, these guys actually know how to wrestle? Oh, yeah. He had the basics. You know? And I know, I know, Aaron, you said he was like WCW or like ECW Sting, but in reality, and I get what you're saying, but in, the, to- in the totality of his career, he was his generation's Abdullah. Right. 
Because Abdullah right. was the same way. Like when Abdullah started, Abdullah, I mean, he fucking worked with shooters. You know what I mean? Like he learned from shooters and stuff. And yeah, over time, his gimmick evolved to him being a big fat ass that just walked around and forked people. But <laughs> in reality, like if you look at if you look at early, if you can find anything early, Abdullah, he really could go in the ring. You know, when he was younger. And then he evolved into the madman from the Sudan gimmick and all that. But yeah, the same with New Jack. He he had the fundamentals. He was a professional wrestler, but he also realized what made him his money. Right. You know, and what makes me money is stapling dollar bills to my, motherfuckers' heads or trying my, to kill Vic Grimes. My only <laughs> see, I was just about to say that. My only thing I don't agree with, and I I can give two shits about the whole mass transit incident because that was that kid's fault. You don't walk up to a promoter and go, oh, I'm 21 and I've been wrestling for four years and then go into a match with New Jack. Okay? You were 18 and you were not a wrestler for four years. You barely knew how to lock up. Okay? But the whole Vic Grimes incident, Vic didn't mean to hurt him. I think New Jack went... Sometimes he went a little too hardcore. Oh, New Jack's a fucking psycho. I mean, there's no no doubt about that. Get to the ring and be like, I'm going to do my shit. But then, like, 20 minutes in... Someone would piss him off, and he's like, "Now nah, I'm gonna cut a motherfucker." <laughs> you know, when when Jeremy Borash was interviewing New Jack about the fucking XPW, yep, Vic Grimes situation, it cracks me up when he's talking about it was because of the 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 Danbury drop or whatever, and he's gonna get mm-hmm. his revenge on him, and then they show it, and yep. fucking Grimes bounces off the every table and hits the ropes and then gra- drops on the ground and then even the XPW promoters like all right thank you guys for coming out right. <laughs> I appreciate it like this show is over like whether <laughs> or not this guy's just like all right thanks guys I, I will however <laughs> um, say that the funniest thing uh, new jack ever said was I hit him with a taser and he's like jack I can't feel my legs oh don't worry you're going to feel them in a second I was like what what the fuck? My, my, my favorite thing is, is Borash is like, so was that the receipt for the for the Danbury drop? And he's like, that was the receipt. That was the <laughs> register. That was the paper. That was the money in it. <laughs> that was the whole goddamn thing. That was thing, everything, man. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone... It has been a, a, another great edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I hope you all enjoyed our lists. Guys, you guys had some great lists, of course. As did you, Nate. Thank you, thank you. And, Sorry um, about the feedback. I was trying to flip. Uh, that'll, that'll never make the air. That's marked for edit. Okay. But that being said, I'll let Aaron. Aaron, do you have any parting words for our listeners this week? Just thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. And... um Keep supporting the show and share it and let everybody know how fucking awesome we are. Yes. Archie? In the world that we live in and in this very scary society that we have around us, be nice to each other. Be normal to each other. And be humble because we're all human beings and we all deserve each other's respect and no matter who got voted in as president, no matter who got what from whatever, it's not worth it at the end of the day to get yourself all riled up for nothing that you can control, that you can't control. 
this is a wrestling page. This is a wrestling lovers group, and we just want everybody to have fun and enjoy themselves. That's what life's about. So make sure you enjoy yourself. Except, except if you park in the fire lane. Right. Or if you don't put your cart in the goddamn cart corral, then you're an or, asshole. But other than that, then we send a new or, jack after you. Or, or use your turn signal. Use your goddamn turn signal. <laughs> right. right. I don't know how many times I've been sitting like, oh, man, I better sit here because this person is going to go straight. And then they just fucking turn. <laughs> like, you son of a bitch. I could have been to where I needed to be two minutes earlier. You right. Use your goddamn turn signal. It's the easiest goddamn thing to do in a car. It's right there by your left goddamn hand or whatever. <laughs> can I can I ask asshole. you guys a quick question before we end? Sure. You ever have somebody cut you off just to turn? Like, yes. Not not like turn like two miles up, but immediately turn. It's like so that extra thirty seconds was gonna keep you from turning. You know, you have to jump in front of me and almost kill us both. Yes, and I think even my wife would give that person permission to suck my balls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) All right, Archie tried to make things go positive, but we ended hatefully, and that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Those women in that show were butt ugly. (laughs) (laughs) No, you said God God ugly. God ugly. You brought the Lord in there. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you all for joining us on this edition, another great edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Thank you, Aaron and Archie, for being here with me. And we'll see you all next week. 